0: I'm Christian Blood, KTSA News, and now it's a Friday edition of the Jack Riccardi Show.
1: Here we go. And uh, notably, uh, the Friday edition of the show is the same length as the Monday through Thursday editions, because we're asking people today on the poll, do you leave work early on Fridays? And Mm -hmm. when you work in radio, you can't. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not able to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's a... it's different, but uh, you know, some people who can do, and I, I imagine if I could, I would. You know, no, no, uh, no judgment here. So you know, I've talked on and off about the uh, the pitch clock in baseball, and CBS Sports did an article about this now that we're a couple of months into the season, and the bottom line is it's really working. In terms of the average time of a nine inning game so far this year is two hours and thirty seven minutes. Mm-hmm. It was three hours and ten minutes just three years ago. Are you following your Red Sox pretty closely? I really can't because they stink. But (laughs) here's the thing that's interesting. So they they say the fans like it, the games are shorter, the players do not like it. Is that players or pitchers? The pitchers. Yeah. Uh, They talked to Kenley Jansen, who's a reliever, been with a number of teams, says that uh, the problem here is that it wears out the pitcher's And it could potentially shorten careers or blow out an arm. Max Scherzer also says pitcher injuries are going to rise, although they haven't so far. Well, pitchers have had
0: such a ridiculous advantage over hitters for decades and decades Mm -hmm. and decades, and I've got no sympathy for them.
1: All right, there you go. Take that, Kenley. (laughs) By the way, Christian's uh, second door on the right if you'd like to come see him and throw something at him. At 100 miles an hour. All right, KTSA, welcome to our Friday show. And yeah, the dish is coming up later on in our 6 o'clock hour. We'll kick around restaurants and talk about restaurants. Uh, The cover of Glamour UK for the month of June. I don't subscribe, but I borrowed Don Cooper's copy. The cover of Glamour UK is a um, 27-year-old Logan Brown, a pregnant transgender man. Logan Brown, born as a woman, now believes she is a man and um, did not think she was capable of getting pregnant with her um, drag performer husband, Bailey Mills, but did. She says she unexpectedly got pregnant. Unexpectedly? I mean, you know, you, you do know how it works, right? Anyway, um, in the uh, magazine cover, she appears topless with a painted-on suit. Brown recounts her accidental pregnancy, saying she took a pregnancy test and it was positive. It was like my whole world just stopped. Everything, all my manlyhood that I'd worked so hard for, completely felt like it was erased. And Brown is writing a book entitled My Daddy's Belly, The Miracle of Male Birth. It's not a miracle. You're a woman. You have woman parts. Dude has guy parts, you did the thing, you you're pregnant. People are not liking it. Glamour UK is getting Bud Lighted. Um then there's a survey out that says Um This was Rasmussen. They did a short survey about gender. Do you agree with this statement? There are two genders, male and female. 71% in the survey agreed. 57% strongly agreed. That included 57% of Democrats who agreed. By a three-to-one margin, Americans believe there are only two genders. Also, by large margins, uh, people support laws banning sex change surgery for children. But, of course, by the same token, if 71% Believe there are only two genders. That means that 23% in this poll say they don't believe that. It's almost a quarter of us. But do you think a quarter of us don't believe there are only two genders, sexes? I, I don't, I, and I'm not. I'm not pointing the finger at Rasmussen. I, I think that in the 23%. Are people i don 't know how many I mean, there may be some who honestly believe yeah there's hundred and sixty three sexes or genders, but but I think there's a lot of people in the survey that are saying what they have been trained to say, they are saying what they are afraid they must say, lest they be acute, and this is just a survey, this is just a poll i mean they're they're taking it anonymously, but when you really work on people, when you grind it into them, even when they're an anonymous statistic in a survey that was probably done like over the phone or something, they're going to say what they think they need to say. So is that really progress if we're just scaring people into saying publicly what they're supposed to say? And does that really mean you've changed their minds? Does that mean the 23% of us have changed our minds, or is there some percentage of that percentage that is just afraid? Then I thought this was interesting. You know, the beginning of Pride Month, so this uh, this Twitter account called Liable Sources surveyed major companies that are celebrating Pride Month, and you know how companies do that, right? They change. Their logo to rainbow colors. They redo their logo in rainbow colors. You're seeing it all around you. But what they found was that in case after case, these companies, these major brands that are boasting about being allies and supporters, only change their logo on their US account. Cisco, rainbow colors. Cisco Middle East, same blue and white logo as always. Same thing with General Electric. Same thing with BMW. Volkswagen, which has different Twitter accounts from many different countries around the world, only changed it to rainbow in the U.S. and Europe. Kept it the same in Mexico. Kept it the same in Spain. Kept it the same in France. Mercedes, same thing. And there's a bunch more. I won't go through all of them. So there's, there's absolute vodka, there's airlines, there's food companies. Now, it's easy to display the rainbow logo in a country where that's already accepted, where gay marriage is legal, where people are tolerant of it. If you were really an ally, wouldn't you fly the rainbow colors in, say, Saudi Arabia? Isn't that where the colors need to be shown? Isn't that where you need to show the colors and show the support and be the ally and Isn't that where that community needs you the most? They don't need you here. They need you there. Why aren't they changing it everywhere? Paramount Pictures. Why why not just change it everywhere? Be easy, just change it everywhere for the month of June. It's it's June everywhere in the world. It's not just June in the United States. Oh. But there's more of a price. I remember many years ago, uh, and I forget the name of the company, and I won't guess because I might guess wrong, but there was a, a pasta company that was um, that was promoting the fact that it was um, an ally of the LGBT community. But they didn't have any explanation as to what that meant. They They couldn't point to a contribution they had made. They couldn't. They couldn't point to a hiring practice that favored the hiring of gay employees. They, they had nothing. They basically just said the words for free. And we talked about it on the show, about how companies pose and posture, but an airline can't be gay. It's not a, it's not a person. It's a, it's a corporate entity. It doesn't have a gender. American Airlines can't be gay any more than it can be male or female. These businesses are playing games. And you start to wonder if this game really benefits any real people. I mean, you may not be celebrating Pride Month, but just just for the sake of argument, the point of it is obviously the, the pride, the the security, the self-affirmation of people who are gay and lesbian, but but what are these companies really doing for them other than pretending? And what does it really mean? How does it benefit anybody? And then if the idea is that we want people to be safe and we want people to be accepted for who they are and how they want to live and who they love, it it seems to me, and this is just my opinion, And you can push back. seems to me we were well on our way to that when suddenly we took a a sharp turn. We were well on our way. It seems to me, between the Supreme Court, numerous other court decisions, state laws, just the culture, people were more accepting, less fired up. And then we combined the acceptance of the dignity of gay and lesbian people. We combined that with this, with all the other letters in the, in the thing, right? And I don't, I don't really get how that is an alliance. I don't really get how a gay man or a lesbian woman who is just trying to live a life of liberty and dignity and live the way you want to live and love who you want to love. I don't get the natural alliance you would have with a man pretending to be a woman or a woman insisting that people use different pronouns or somebody that believes children should be told that they could be in the wrong body or that they can have their body surgically altered or or medically, uh, you know, hormonally altered. Like, I don't understand how that's an alliance. That seems like a very odd sort of arranged marriage. Like, I don't see how there'd be common interests there. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm missing something. Here's a story out of Colorado. School district tells gym teachers to wear gay flags, use preferred pronouns to make class more inclusive. The district encouraging PE teachers, encouraging we all know what that means, um, to don LGBT pride gear and use preferred pronouns to display their support for Pride Month. Jeffco Public Schools memo went out. Teachers were trained on how to make their PE programs even more inclusive. The Navy, this is another story today. The U.S. Navy has taken down posts celebrating LGBTQ Pride Month on social media, including rainbow banners with the Navy logo that read Pride reached for comment. The Navy said uh, the graphics were posted in support of the start of Pride Month, and now have been taken down. So they were, I guess, only up for yesterday. I thought it was a month. And then there was a story that the United States diplomatic mission, its I don't think it's technically an embassy, but it's the diplomatic post that we have at the Vatican, was flying the uh, Pride flag off of its balcony in Vatican City and tweeted a picture of that on its uh, Twitter account. And in Canada, they've changed the LGBTQ whatever lettering. They've announced a new um, set of, so just when you were starting to learn, you now you got to learn a new one. It's 2S... LGBTQI+, plus. and the 2S stands for two-spirit people. And they announced in Canada that they are putting two-spirit people first because they were here first. I go back to the question I asked. Are, are, we, um, are we just being respectful? Are we just being kind to others? Or are we training and, and even kind of, uh, indoctrinating people? Are we, are we trying to trip people up? Is, is this almost like a test where you, you've got to keep the letters straight and you've got to remember which month it is and you've got to make sure, don't forget to change the logo. It seems to me like that. And, and every year there's more like the threshold is raised and the checklist gets longer and the, the requirements grow longer. And you know, for what? I mean, if you are actually a gay person, are you benefiting from this? Do you see the rainbow logo on a company and decide that now that company is, is your friend? Oh, I, I'm going to fly that airline more now. I'm going to buy that brand more now. I, I'm asking because I, I don't think that's really what happens. I think what really happens is everybody is just trying not to get Bud Lighted. Everybody's just trying not to get in trouble. And they're walking a tightrope. And it's becoming it really is becoming like almost like a Monty Python skit. It's so torturous and confusing, and and there's so many pitfalls, and you can fall into trouble on either side. You can if you don't go far enough, you offend the, the alphabet people, and if you go too far, you you're in the position of Anheuser Bush. But then what's it all for? And I come back to like the human condition. Don't people just want to be loved and appreciated by their family and friends? Don't they just want to be accepted for who they are? If you have that, you have everything. If you have that, you have everything. You don't have to worry about what Volkswagen does with their logo. Magazine journalism used to be a a real, um, that used to be some high-class stuff. I mean, some of your greatest authors wrote, You know, for the magazines, Gay Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, and tons. I mean, at one time, that was a real uh, elite level of journalism. And here you have a major magazine in the U.K. The cover story is about a woman who's surprised that she became pregnant after having sex with a man. 210-599-5555. Suzanne is on KTSA, Jack Riccardi Show. Hi, Suzanne.
2: Hi, Jack. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you doing?
2: pretty good it's funny I was just having this conversation with somebody the other day about um how uh gays and lesbians we do not align ourselves with trans I am not a, a believer in that um any of that actually and um uh, I'm not uh you know one that's out and hey everybody look at me look at me and let me uh, kind of force my values and what have you on other people I'm not
1: how did that alliance, that. or how, how did that alignment happen, then, if you're not, the if, if people aren't seeking it, how did that happen? Who, who decided that?
2: I, I have no idea. I could not tell you um, because of the fact that, you know, I I know that it just, oh, I'm on the phone. I know that it just, um, it just seemed to, you know, we got aligned with them. And, mm. I mean, but it also kind of goes back to the whole thing where they, said that, you know, if you were gay or lesbian, you were a pedophile. It's kind of like, you know, Mm -hmm. anybody that does stuff like that or anything that's out of, I guess, society's norms, they just kind of group us all together. And most, you know, gays and lesbians, you'll see, I mean, we're very quiet. You know, we just want to live our lives. We want our basic rights like anybody else. And, you know, we don't need this whole Pride Month and all this hoopla. Um, out and proud and, and what have you. It's it's ridiculous. And especially with the whole trans thing. A lot of this trans thing is just a, a fad right now. You know, especially with these kids. Mm-hmm.
1: It, so, it felt like you know. for many years people were becoming more accustomed to, uh, less, I don't know, uncomfortable with having gay and lesbian co-workers, even gay and lesbian people in their family. And then combining that with people that want to change the genders of children and have drag queen story hour that to me, that's a big step backwards for a group of people that you're a part of that was on its own making progress.
2: I totally agree because society was becoming tolerant of it and somewhat accepting, you know, because the older generation is dying off, but I do agree that this does you know take us back way back, and that's not a good that's not a good thing at all.
1: I have two really close friends who uh, I've known most of our lives who are gay, and the hardest thing for them was coming out to their family it It wasn't the they didn't need a parade, they didn't need different colored logos they needed their mother and father who could not wrap their head around what they were hearing to accept them. And and, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but that is still the, that's the biggest hurdle you clear, right? Yes.
2: Yes. I agree with that completely as well. And and I mean,
1: if you, if you have that, if the people who love you, accept you, you can do anything and you can get over anything else. But, but that's still the thing that, and there and a and a month isn't gonna declaring a month isn't gonna make a difference isn't gonna help with that
2: no, it's not that it isn't and um the whole trans thing is more of a, a deviance, and that's you know the way society's looking at it now and it's, well it just know, isn't related
1: person. to me it has it has no natural relationship it's like we just threw all these things into a basket and strung all these letters together. But when you look at what they stand for, they're not they're actually contradictory to each other.
2: Yes, they are. And excuse me, um, since I teach high school, these kids, I mean, they'll come in with all the stuff and it's like, what? You know, back in the day or (laughs) excuse me, it was just plain, you know, gay or lesbian. It wasn't trans and poly and, you know, all these different letters. It doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, it would almost be like if you said you wanted to support, I don't know, uh, gun rights, they told you, well, you're also going to have to support uh, chemical weapons and nuclear weapons. And, I mean, you'd be like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, hold hold on a minute. Look, what are you talking about? But It's like somebody just decided all that goes together.
2: Yes, that is something. <laughs> it just, it I don't understand why they grouped it together. Um, like no. I said, most of the gays and lesbians, they are not in support of, um, <clears throat> they're not, we're not all part of one.
1: I, I, I believe exactly you, that. but it would be, it would be interesting if more people, I mean, you're saying it right now, but it, it, I think it would be good for more people to say, Hey, you don't speak for me or, or, or who decided that you speak for me? Because I think we need to hear that. Don't we?
2: Oh, I agree. I, I, I totally agree with you. No. Yeah. You know, most people just assume. They make that assumption that, oh, okay, she's gay. She must support trans. No, that I don't. I never will, yeah. you know, especially with the kids.
1: Suzanne, you know, I appreciate your call. Awesome. I appreciate all the times we've talked over the years. It's always great to hear from you, and and I, and I really give you credit for saying this, and, and thank you for calling me today.
2: Absolutely, sir. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon, okay. Suzanne. Thank yeah. you.
1: This couple I know um, was telling me this story. They, they're they this is another state up north, uh, their daughter was chosen by her school, it's a high school, to uh, be the MC of the Memorial Day Assembly, which was the day after Memorial Day because obviously they were not in school on Memorial Day. So it would have been Tuesday. So the, the, the this young girl was chosen to read a little speech at the Memorial Day Assembly. And um, she was Reading it to them for practice, her mom and dad. And the line that jumped out at mom and dad was this line "Um, Today we honor all the men and women who dedicated their lives for our country. Are you hearing that? Memorial Day. All the men and women who dedicated their lives. Our country. And the word dedicated caught them up. It's Memorial Day. Memorial Day is about people who gave their lives, right? I mean, are we we splitting? So we were talking about this, and they were asking me, are we splitting hairs here, do you think? Or, you know, you're a word guy. I mean, what do you think? I don't think so. I think this is important. Because dedicated is a little less than gave or lost. Like we probably have people amongst us that dedicate their lives to the country. But they're still with us. And there's a lot of ways that could be done. There's a lot I suppose there's a lot of modes of being dedicated to the country and we might not all agree with them but you know there's a, that, that, that's like a very that's like the bottom of the pyramid that's like a very broad thing i've dedicated my life to the country but i'm still here memorial day we're talking about people who lost their lives who gave their lives and then we started talking about why so they had this, this speech had been written for her she was supposed to deliver it verbatim so we're talking about well why would they use the word dedicated instead of gave or lost? Is it just like somebody that's not very good with words or doesn't realize those mean different things? Is it intentional? What do you think? And then we went a little further. They said, well, we, you know, our daughter, of course, doesn't want us to embarrass her. Just doesn't want, you know yeah, you know kids are. I mean, my daughter's like this. All kids are like this. They don't want the parents to, man- please don't make the, don't call the school and make a scene and get on the news. But do you, do you deliver it as written or should you correct dedicated to a word like gave or lost? And, I you know I can't tell them I can't tell them what to do it's it's their family it's their life they're in another state it's their community they're fairly well known in their community I said if it was me I would probably let my daughter decide I would explain to her how those words really are different if she doesn't already know and then if she wants to change that word I would back her to the hilt I don't think it'll be that big a deal but somebody might complain let them you know But it is an interesting word choice. And I don't know if maybe, like we've talked about this before, some people get confused, and I think the confusion is growing between Memorial Day and Veterans Day. So, Veterans Day is about everyone who is serving and has served, and Memorial Day is for people who gave their lives. Maybe it's that, maybe they're confused. And then there's also a lot of intentional blurring. I mean, the President of the United States frequently, publicly, says that his son was killed in Iraq or died in Iraq. His son died after serving in Iraq, and maybe in part as a consequence of serving, but he didn't, he didn't die in Iraq. So maybe we're blurring words intentionally, maybe we're blurring words out of ignorance, but that was the situation they were in. This was the Memorial Day Assembly. The speech was written for her. The word jumped out at all of us when we heard it dedicated. 210 599 5555. What do you think? Um, Keith is on the radio on KTSA. Keith, good afternoon.
3: Good afternoon. Um, yes, I served in the Air Force for 33 years. I dedicated my life to my country i had co workers who sacrificed their life for their country and they are the mm-hmm. ones that memorial day is designed for like you said so I it is a difference their memorial day
1: yeah it is a difference it's why would why would people have trouble with that do you think
3: they're just trying to be politically correct and they're i don't know i would call it whitewashing the real meaning of memorial day
1: mhm mm-hmm. which we kind of already do right i mean we don't I think for a lot it's of people, a, it's, a, it's a day it's off, a three day weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, I wasn't there for the beginning. I don't know how Memorial Day was when they first started, uh, you know, commemorating it. But it, that certainly is what it's what it's become. So, do do you get you get the sense then that this was intentional, not accidental?
3: If somebody from the school system handed that to her, I would say it's intentional.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for your call. Thank you for serving, too, Keith. I appreciate that. 210-599-5555. What do you think about this? Uh, for all the men and women who dedicated their lives for our country is how they wrote it, for her to say it, at the Memorial Day Assembly, her parents are saying, well, dedicated isn't the right word. It's gave, lost, or to use Keith's words, sacrificed. Very different. I mean, not only are people who dedicated their lives apt to still be with us, but they might not all have been in the military. Maybe there's people who've dedicated their lives to the country in other ways, and, and maybe they feel like they've dedicated, but not everybody would agree. I mean, that's a that's a squishy word. That's a word that's open to a lot of interpretation and, and uh, disagreement. But if you gave your life for your country, that's pretty cut and dry. There's no, like... There's no there's no argument about that or debate about that. That's, that's just you, you did or you didn't. Uh, so my uh, this couple I know was was telling me this story. Their daughter got chosen to speak at the Memorial Day assembly at school. They gave her a little talk to give because you know schools leave nothing to chance nowadays. Uh, and the speech included the line, "For all the men and women who dedicated their lives for our country," and this mother and father who are not super political people. You know they're not like. Looking for a fight, but the, the, the word dedicated rubbed them the wrong way because that's not what Memorial Day is about. It's about people that gave their lives in military service to the country. Dedicating your life to the country could be a lot of other things, and not to put it down, but it's not the same and it's not as, as total. What's the old expression? You know, many gave some and some gave all. It's about the sum who gave all. The word really should be "gave" their lives for the country, or "lost" their lives for the country. Or do you think that's just kind of like splitting hairs? Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. And Bill is on the Jack Riccardi show. Hi, Bill.
3: Hey, how are you?
1: Good, thanks. How are you?
3: Good. Uh, I think it was deliberate. Whoever wrote it and gave it to the girl. I'm guessing this was a, like a grade school girl. It
1: was a high school.
3: And I, Oh, it was high school. I'm sorry, I missed that. Well, I still think that uh, it's basically an attempt to make people, make youngsters even more of a snowflake. In other words, we don't want, we don't want to have to actually use the word died or
4: oh, uh, yeah. anything
3: that implies yeah. that, that people might die in a war. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think mm-hmm. it's, it's a grave disservice because I mean especially a high school student they they need to understand that's that's what happens in a war
5: mm-hmm.
3: and that's why these people should be honored
1: you wonder if students even know enough about history with all the the stuff that they teach about uh you know revising american history and airbrushing american history is there even time to tell them about like world war 2 or or even even the Americans that went over in World War One—I I mean, do they even are they even getting that? Because I, I think you're right. I mean, I think that's that is something that you, if you're in high school, you're very close to the age where you could be called up and sent.
3: Well, I, I'm about your age, Jack. I think late 50s, and by the time I was in high school, I mean everybody knew about the, the two World Wars
1: and people knew well, about because the we had freedom, parents or freedom. grandparents from that generation you and I Bill. but i mean a, a child today might not n- actually know anyone that had anything to do with that so if they're not taught about oh, it no, that's I, that's ancient history to them
5: i
3: i agree and they should be taught about it and i'm certain that they're not
1: yeah I, I think that's a i i think that might be how you get away with changing the word you know what i mean
3: yeah yeah exactly
1: yeah Bill, thank you for the call, sir good to have you. I mean, look, when I was growing up if if your dad hadn't served in the war, then your grandfather probably had, and if he hadn't, then you had an uncle or or you know and, and so there was there was someone in your family that told those stories. That history was personal um there might be a picture on the mantle of a young man who never came home or whose plane was never found. There might be um, metals in a boxed, you know, shadow box frame on the wall. I'll tell you what, for me was really, I mean, stunning as a, as a little kid when my dad showed me. He he had his he had his his Footlocker from being in the Navy, and he had his stuff. And but one of the things he had that just really really awed me was a jagged piece of metal about the size of the palm of your hand. And it was a, it was a piece of a Japanese kamikaze plane that had crashed into the deck of his carrier, and um, kind of scorched around the edges. I mean, just you know, that's that's the real world. So there was no way I wasn't gonna, e- even if I never read a book about it, there was no way I wasn't gonna know how real that was and i'm not putting anybody down and i'm not i'm not trying to do the whole the kids today don't know anything i'm not trying to say that but let's let's face it if you're if you're i don't know 18 17 16 today there's a good chance you don't personally know anyone who not only served in that war but potentially you served in any war You know, World War II reached into most every American family or at least every street in every town, pulled somebody out. But we we are blessed to live in such a peaceful time now that less than 1% ever serve and only a fraction of them ever see combat, which makes the words we say and what we teach about these things more important because now there's no other way to kind of osmotically get it like we might have had decades ago you you have to learn it it has to be taught with intentionality and the words matter and which words you choose matter and this choice of a word matters so national donut day did you know that is it really and i missed it <laughs> you didn't get your didn't get your cards out in time i would say i would jump on it but you know the donut shops are all closed now yeah yeah it's, uh, i guess Gosh. this is news you can't use well uh, there's always next year Oh, that's that's helpful. Thanks. <laughs> it seems like donuts really need a day. I mean, do we need donut awareness? No, nope. our donuts, our donuts, like uh, not getting their due. I mean, what's what's the what's the need for this? Well, are they really. Know what I'm saying, yeah, I do because tomorrow I'm headed to the nearest donut shop with a vengeance. Mm. Mm. So mm. I, it
0: doesn't matter if it's Donut Day or not. Yeah,
1: tell them that uh, you know you uh, weren't able to make it mm-hmm. and you want whatever deal they had for National Donut Day. You. you know. <laughs> Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll accommodate. I'll give you a note. All right, Jack Riccardi, Late Afternoon Show. You can jump in here at 210 uh, 599 We've been talking about Pride and uh, the way that companies are uh, changing their logos. It's it's so silly. It is really, really ludicrous. Uh, a lot of companies, I mean, more than I can name or count, change their, lo- their, their logos like online and on their Twitter feed and so forth to the rainbow colors, only in, only for, the US. But not everywhere else. And the truth is that everywhere else is where you actually might have a harder time, or be less accepted, or even be outlawed. So why, if they're such allies of the alphabet community, don't they change their logo in Saudi Arabia, or in Africa? Or in China, where's the bravery? I mean, you know, that would be like if you only displayed your your country's flag in your country. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. And then we were talking about this Memorial Day assembly at a school uh, up north. Just, I'm not going to go into all the details. I I didn't want to. I didn't want to make this about people that are not public people. But anyway, the, this couple I knew and their daughter was. Uh, going to be the speaker at the Memorial Day Assembly, and the school gave her a little speech to give, and she was practicing giving it. And her parents heard the words. Again, this is for this past Tuesday, so it was the day after Memorial Day. They heard the words, for all the men and women who dedicated their lives for our country. And they were asking me, are we being too... Particular, do you think, Jack, or because it it jumped out at us that they used the word dedicated, which is a good word. It's good to be dedicated. But Memorial Day specifically is about those who gave their lives. You could dedicate your life and still be here. And there are many who have and do and i thought i think they're right i mean i think that word is jarring so then the questions are two one is it just a poor word choice or is it intentionally dumbed down our callers think the latter and what should she do and and do you just read the speech as written do you make that little edit you make that little change it's just one word change dedicated to gave or sacrificed or lost i would you know i would i would not i would not make my kid do it but if my kid saw the, the 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 error of one word and the wisdom of the other then do it explain it to her she can do it and you'll back her if there's any grief which i don't think there would be um and it would be a it would be a pretty <laughs> if you actually made an issue out of this if the school if the school or the school district Came down on the student for changing that word in that setting, I think that would be a PR calamity for them. 210 599 5555. Now, speaking of history, the historians are out in force after President Biden fell down hard uh, at the Air Force Academy graduation yesterday. So we talked about this. He was. Uh, up there on the stage he was he spoke to the graduating class he gr- shook the hands of all the graduates and he went to go back to his seat and uh fell pretty hard. It seems to be okay uh right away, they started uh showing pictures of president carter and in, in the fall of nineteen seventy nine President Carter, who liked to jog. Uh, was overcome, I guess, by the heat while jogging. He was running a, I think he was running a 5K or something like that, and uh, he got like wobbly, and the Secret Service agents around him had to kind of like grab him by the arms, and there's a very famous photo. It was on the front page of every newspaper where the president looks like he is having a heart attack. He looks very bad. And they they ran this picture to say, well, see, you know, it's happened before. And then they had pictures of former President Gerald Ford. Gerald Ford was, uh, in one famous episode of of many, uh, he fell down the steps of Air Force One. I think he was visiting a foreign country. Here's the leader of the free world falling down the stairs nineteen seventy five. And the historians were trying to um you know build a, a I guess build a a bodyguard of normalcy around well this is just something that happens and it's no big deal. I mean a few thoughts about this. First of all, Jimmy Carter was running was jogging and was in very good physical health. He was very active. He played tennis, he played golf, he ran. I think he was in his mid 50s when he was president. Gerald Ford had been a highly acclaimed college football player and was also in excellent physical health. The 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 knock on Jerry Ford that he was clumsy and and uh, had two left feet, was more the the result of the way comedians depicted him, particularly Chevy Chase on the old Saturday Night Live, but in in actuality, Gerald Ford was a pretty athletic guy. These were two presidents whose physical health was not ever an issue while they were president, whose age was not an issue while they were president. To compare them to an 80-year-old Joe Biden who daily loses his place in his own thoughts is really a stretch. I mean, you guys are working way too hard. And where was all of this historical norming when you had uh, Trump with the walking down the ramp at West Point, I think it was? Why weren't you quick to point out Jimmy Carter's collapse, or Gerald Ford's stumble and fall. I I don't remember that. Back then, when it happened, it was, oh, we need the 25th Amendment. This guy can't go on. Time to swear in Pence. Look, I'm not, whether you're for Trump or not is not the point. This isn't about Trump. This is about how transparently phony and ridiculous the defense of Joe Biden is. This goes beyond just being Democrats, just being political partisans the people that are participating in the attempt to make what is going on with Biden normal look ridiculous. I mean, they have no shame, there is no depth to which they will not go, there is no fact they will not stretch. We all see it, the emperor has no memory. It's a problem. I'm not mocking it. It's a problem. I'm not the one saying he should have four more years, but you guys are. One more thing. Not sure how smart it was to use Gerald Ford and Jimmy Carter as your points of comparison because both of them were defeated. For re-election, the year after, they stumbled. Just saying. I'm gonna look that up. the uh, The candidates are out there. They're campaigning. They're in New Hampshire. They're in Iowa. You know, it's 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 on. And there's been an interesting story the last couple of days about Donald Trump and Kaylee McEnany. Have you heard this? I know you've heard of Donald Trump. But you remember Kayleigh McEnany? Kayleigh McEnany was the, the press secretary, one of the press secretaries for President Trump. He had Sarah Sanders for a while. He had Sean Spicer. And, and then he had Kaylee McEnany, who now is on Fox. I don't know if she has a show or she's just a panelist on Fox, but she works for Fox. So anyway, um, she was on television a few days ago as a guest on somebody's show and she was talking about the polls and she cited the number of points by which Donald Trump is ahead in the polls. No one disputes that Donald Trump is way ahead in the polls, way ahead of Ron DeSantis and everybody else. So all she did was say like he's ahead by 25 points when Trump believes he's ahead by 35 points, or something of that nature. It was was some number like that. And he attacked her. And he called her milk toast. And that she's not really a star. And that Fox should get her off the air because she's not really a star. They should just put stars on. And stuff like that. Uh, As far as I know, she wasn't criticizing him she isn't critical of him. As far as I know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I believe Kaylee McEnany, when she speaks of Trump as president, when she speaks of his time in office, is, is, you know, praises it. But also, and even if she didn't, I remember when she was the press secretary, and I've seen a lot of people do this job, and I think Kaylee McEnany did it as well as anybody I've ever seen. She was always prepared, poised, had her facts in order. She wasn't flipping through that binder like KJP, like she's you know like she's going to drown if she doesn't get to the right page. I mean, Kaylee McEnany had her ish together. She mounted on a daily basis in front of the most hostile audience, a staunch. Reasonable, calm, defense of President Trump and his administration and his actions in office. He is I, I think you would agree, he, he is a rather difficult guy to um, you know, speak for. But she did it. To me, this is a problem with him. I I realize there are bigger things. I realize we're talking about the economy. I realize we're talking about um, big picture issues. But you have to take and appreciate allies when you have them. Kayleigh McEnany is not his enemy. Kayleigh McEnany was loyal. She doesn't deserve to be called milk toast or a dud or whatever else he called her. And I, I will say, if he is going to do this job again, he is going to need all hands on deck. He's going to need to be able to bring people back. He's going to need to reach out and grab more people. He's going to need to um, go deeper into the swamp and deeper into the deep state and replace people at more and more levels. In other words, the, the army, if if Donald Trump regains the presidency, The Army will have to be much, much bigger. And I do not get the the plan here of, well, I'm just going to piss off and blow off people that were good to me, people that did great work for me, people that made me look good. Kaylee McEnany was one of the best people he hired. He hired some whack jobs. He brought in some... Remember Scaramucci or whatever's <laughs> maybe I've got that wrong. Was that his name, Don? Or am I thinking of uh, am I thinking of the queen song? Wasn't it Scaramucci no, you're right? <laughs> Is that it? Yeah, remember that dude? And some of these people, remember his first secretary of state, that oil company guy it was just a zero. I mean, I I don't know. I, I to me, I would I would be very grateful. If I was Donald Trump, I'd be very grateful that the brilliant poised, talented, beautiful. Kaylee McEnany was my spokesman. And if I had anything to say about her now, after the fact, it would just be, boy, she did a great job. Wish her well. Would Love to work with her again. It doesn't make any sense. And this is the kind of thing, and I'm not, I'm not trying to change your mind about him, and I'm not telling you how to vote, and I'm not going to. But when you hear people express fatigue about him, I think this is kind of what they're talking about. In fact, not kind of what they're talking about. This is what they're talking about. It's um, going through the motions that achieve nothing. This achieves nothing. You know, I and you, and I know what people will say was, well, you don't understand. It's just his style. It's just his ways from New York." But you you can't do it alone. And when people come to your side and stand with you and perform with brilliance. You need that. I don't care who you are. You need that. You know, the greatest athletes, the greatest quarterbacks, the greatest power forwards, they have teammates who are also really good. Nobody does it alone. So I don't get it. We were talking about this off the air during the break. I mean, I I will say you have to always keep in mind, and Don, you made a good point when you said this, You, you do have to keep in mind that To be Donald Trump, the person, not the public figure, is to be someone that has watched countless people stab you in, not the back, but in the front. (laughs) People that you helped, people that you endorsed, people that you built up, uh, people that have probably said really great things to you in private and, and sworn their allegiance and their loyalty, wilted in the heat and it's it's effing frustrating, and even more so when you're new to politics and you, you just can't believe the disloyalty. So I, I, I get all that. I get that you are at the center of an unprecedented, multi-pronged conspiracy. You, you are entitled to feel like a victim. You are. I get it. And in in that moment, maybe you're just kind of like, you know, punching and kicking in every direction, and you're you're just you you know you're just trying to get out of the the dark alley before you get mugged again. But Kaylee McEnany didn't deserve to be spoken of that way, and and there are still people that are serving you and have been, or or at least have. Have served you, even if they're not saying anything now. And you're going to need some people. You you you're not going to be able to do this alone. This can't be a gigantic middle finger to the world. Hey, I'll show all of you. You know, it's, that's not how this is going to work. I mean, he is. He's way ahead in the polls. It looks like it's his nomination. It's it's as wrapped up as early as we've ever seen it. I'm not saying it's over, but it looks more over than it usually looks at this point. I mean, it looks like you got it. But you're going to need a lot of people. And I would argue you're going to need not only more people than you did the first time you were president, you're going to need better people. So better people, more people, which in turn means everyone who is and has been faithful and committed and talented, keep them. Grab onto them. And then you're going to need a lot more. 210-599-5555. So it would appear that there is somebody the FBI had used for other investigations and deemed credible and called credible in their own paperwork who told them in 2020 that Joe Biden, the then candidate, the then former vice president, had received millions in a foreign bribery scheme in exchange for meeting with people to discuss policy. This is the person they're talking about when they keep talking about the confidential source and the credible source, and then there's this this report. It's called a 1023, I think, or a 1203 or something. It's, there's, this, there's, this, there's this document that first the FBI said they didn't have, this person didn't exist, and they've gradually, grudgingly over time, admitted, okay, yeah, there is a person, and yeah, there is a document, but we're not releasing it, and well, okay, we'll um, redact it and let a few people look at it, we'll redact it and let the Comey committee look at it, we'll just let Comey look at it, you know, it's been, incremental, but it's sort of like coming out of the fog it, that that this is real. This is about something that's real. This is about something of substance. But you know what? Every time I turn on Fox, which is less and less, but every time I turn on Fox, I see some Republican member of Congress, and I'm not saying these are bad people. Some of them are good people, but they're all on Fox, and you, you know what they're saying. You You know what I'm about to say this needs to be investigated. We need an investigation of this. This needs to be looked into. Why are they telling us? I'm just a guy in San Antonio, I can't investigate it. You people are in Congress. See, I think I said this the other day. I am overhearing people in politics tell the citizens what people in politics ought to be doing. What good is that? That would be like the the, the guy in the kit. You go to a restaurant, and the guy in the kitchen opens the kitchen door and says, "Somebody ought to make some hamburgers here." You'd be like, "Why are you telling us? You you you're you're in the kitchen." So I don't want to see. I don't want to hear Nancy Mace or Matt Gates or or, or or any of these other people. They all do great TV. They all look fantastic. They speak well. They're on Fox. I get it. Why are they telling us what they need to be doing? But then even beyond that, and I know that you don't like me to say this, but I'm going to say it, and I get, I get email every time, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be so discouraging, and it's depressing, and I don't know why you talk that way, but I, this is what I believe. The trial of Joe Biden, the only trial there will ever be of Joe Biden, is the election next year that's it i it, you know if you're waiting for something that looks like a perp walk or an indictment or it, it, it isn't going to happen if you're if you're if you're waiting for an impeachment, it isn't going to happen if if this stuff still matters and 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 you know I don't even know if that's true anymore. Who can who can speak for 300 million people? But if this stuff still matters to people, if we're not so jaded and so cynical, if we're still capable of saying, that's an outrage, that's treachery, that's anti-American, how dare you, then the, the trial, the, the jury verdict, will be November of 2024. That's it. And yes, Congress can investigate, subpoena, hold hearings, But we all know how this will work, right? It'll work the same way it did with Trump. It will make for a big spectacle, but it will only work on people that are predisposed to believe it or follow it. So if you were a Trump hater, you hung on every word of the J6 committee. But if you're a listener to this show and you voted for Donald Trump twice, you probably didn't spend a lot of time watching them. I know I didn't. I watched them only to the extent that I needed to for this show. But other than that, I knew what they were doing. I knew why they were doing it. It was a kangaroo court, in my opinion, and I didn't pay it a lot of mind. And that'll be the same thing here, only in reverse. So the trial, the verdict, it's up to us, I think. 210-599-5555. Your vote's in the JR poll. Uh, Do you leave work earlier on Fridays? Maybe you've already left. Minnesota is the latest state to vote free college tuition for undocumented students, as they call them, illegal immigrants. Um, What they're doing is expanding to illegal immigrants the program they already have for residents of Minnesota who have a certain grade level and um, whose families make under a certain amount of money. So it's, it's an existing program, not a new program but they've rewritten it to include illegal immigrant students. And the argument they're putting forward is um, we want to make sure that we're offering opportunities for everybody, for all Minnesotans, said a state senator. Then I'm reading about, and this was really um, very interesting to me at least, any day now we're going to get Uh, a couple of decisions from the Supreme Court in suits against, one is against Harvard and one is against University of North Carolina. They're both, uh, both suits allege that college admissions discriminate openly and actively against high achieving students who don't fit the proper ethnic or racial mold and mostly this is affecting Asian American students. And so they were talking in this article to, to various uh, Asian American students, like uh, one young man is at Georgia Tech but had a 1590 on the SAT and uh, by all measures would have been a slam dunk for Harvard but didn't get in and knows why he didn't get in because they were quota and leveling off Asian American Admission, And not that Georgia Tech is a bad school, but why is Harvard allowed to openly discriminate against and, and to declare that there is such a thing as too many Asian American students? You can't say that. You could never say in any situation we've got too many blacks here. That's what they're saying. And then they talked to uh, a career counselor and they talked to a, um, a high school freshman who goes to a magnet school and, and different people at different points, a parent. Um, these are all, you know, and it was interesting. None of these people are angry, but they're, they know an injustice is being done. None of them talk like or refer to themselves as victims, although they have the right to. None of them are saying they want a break. They already did the work. This is what I find so fascinating. Maybe I'm the only one. In a In an age where we keep hearing people demanding shortcuts and claiming victimhood, here are a group of people, these Asian American students and their parents, who've done the work, who got the grades, who came early and stayed late and did the homework and got the extra credit and averaged over 100. And and what they're saying is, we thought this work, we, we thought the way America was set up, doing this work, putting this time in, would pay off. And please explain to us why you don't want us at Harvard, why you don't want us at your magnet school, why you don't, what, what 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 number is the right number of Asian students? How do we know when there's too many? Who decided that? And why is that the only group in the country of, of whom we speak of as there being too many? Oh, there's just too many. You know what's interesting to me is uh, uh, common to a number of these stories is a parent saying to this boy or girl at a young age you are going to work harder than everybody else or you are going to need to work harder than everybody else but don't worry it will pay off and They weren't wrong, it will pay off. These people will all be successful. They don't need Harvard. They don't need a particular school or a slot at a particular program. I, I understand that, we all understand that. When you have this kind of work ethic, when you have this kind of brains and IQ, you will go a long way. I think of that student we were talking about, was it yesterday we had the young lady on that had dropped out of debate because they were censoring what she could say in the debate. And she said, well, I'm just not going to do it anymore. Now, she's not going to do it competitively, but that's going to be somebody that wins a lot of arguments and and carries herself well throughout life, whether it's job interviews, whether it's um, going into public life or politics or communications or whatever it might be. The the young men and women in this article will, will all be fine. They'll all do fine. But we really need to ask ourselves who is deciding and why are they deciding against merit? And at what point is a parent gonna sit down with a kid? Maybe you. You sit down with your kid. I mean, this, is, this day is coming. I, I, I see this so clearly. You're gonna sit down with your, your, your son, your daughter, and you're gonna have that talk. I need you to work hard. I need you to do all the extra credit. I need you to come early. I need you to stay late. I need you to put in the, because it will pay off, and your kid is going to look at you and say, no, it isn't. What are you talking about, Dad? What do you you mean, Mom? Haven't you been paying attention? Don't you know what's going on? What is all this, if I work hard, it will pay off talk? Have you not followed what's happening? Do you not know how it works now? Forget about doing the work. We need to we need to figure out if we've got the right hyphenation. We we need to figure out if we've got some we need to do a, an ancestry uh test and see if we've got some victimhood or historical uh injustice we can claim or reparations we can claim or something. I mean that day is coming if it isn't already here. Every generation has sat its young people down and given them the hard work will pay off talk. This isn't just about Asians. This is about whether or not we, we can raise our kids the way we were raised. This is about whether we can actually tell our kids that and have it be true. And it also will shape the kind of country we are. You know, we were talking about Memorial Day. When I think about our wars and the people that served in them, one of the common denominators is how often Ordinary people did extraordinary things. What Stephen Ambrose called the citizen soldier. The reason that happened was because of this system that is being dismantled and broken down right in front of us right now. Ordinary people from ordinary homes of modest means able to do extraordinary things. We are the country that produces that. And we assume we still are. We assume we always will be. But what we're doing right now is going to determine that, I think.
6: Bees and
0: Not cornbread out of sight. Cornbread said, now that's all right Meet
1: me on the corner tomorrow night. I'll be ready. all right Friday I'll night means ready. the dish it's ready. the last hour of our I'll show for the week ready. and we turn it over to you to tell your story your most recent experience going out to eat So it could be San Antonio outside San Antonio anywhere around. It could be breakfast, lunch, dinner, you could dine in, you could get it to go, you could get it delivered, you could drive through, any kind of food, any kind of price, any kind of restaurant, what do you have to tell us? What do you have that's good? What do you want to tell about, talk about, recommend? Praise or zing the food, the price, the service, the atmosphere. If you're praising a restaurant, you can talk about the best thing to order on the menu or the thing they're best known for or your favorite thing to get there. If you're zinging the restaurant, whatever went wrong, however it went off the rails, name names, that's what the dish is all about. The phone number is the same, 210-599-5555. You can praise or zing. I'm not going to get into
2: uh, tit for tat uh, on this. I'm, I'm just not going
1: to. Oh, we are going to get into tit and tat. Wait, that came out wrong. 210-599-5555 right now. Phone line's open on the dish. I'm going to throw this out, too, because um, all day today, I know it's donut day, but oddly enough, for whatever reason, I'm having like a burger thing. Do you ever have just like a craving, a random craving? It could be that I'm pregnant because men can be pregnant now. But I, um, I feel like I'm on a little bit of a rut. My burger game is in a little bit of a rut. So I'm looking for burger places. I'll throw that out there. It's not the only kind of call we'll take, but um, I need to expand my uh, hamburger universe a little bit. So 210-599-5555 as we get to your calls on the dish, your votes in the poll, results on the poll coming up at the end of the hour. Now, I don't know if you have uh, a Taylor Swift fan in your family or not. Like my niece is a huge Taylor Swift fan up in Massachusetts. She went to Foxborough and saw Taylor Swift the other night. And um, I was reading today that there's this phenomenon where people who go to a Taylor Swift concert then have a particular kind of post-concert amnesia where they are horrified to realize that they can't remember like which song she sang. So they remember they went, but they don't remember the specifics. And this is such a phenomenon, it's getting news coverage all around the world. I'm looking like at a BBC story. And they interviewed psychologists and said that it's because when you have a very high emotion experience, you enter a dreamlike state and it suppresses your memory of the specifics. You'll always remember you went to the concert, but you'll have no memory of like the playlist, or specific moments. I don't know what the big deal is. I, I've forgotten entire years. <laughs> I mean, you forgot a concert? There's entire years of my life I have no memory of. Can't remember at all. Welcome to the Welcome to the party, kids. they're having Taylor Swift amnesia. I don't know. This generation. I don't know. Is it just Taylor Swift? Does it happen with like BTS and other, is it just her? I don't know. They call themselves Swifties, right? Taylor Swift fans are Swifties, right? Or is it Swiffers? I don't know. 210-599-5555. As we talk restaurants on The Dish, you can praise or zing. Your most recent restaurant experience, and it can be any kind of restaurant, but we are kind of putting the call out, putting the bolo for uh, burger places tonight. Help out a little bit with a maybe a new place to get a really, I just, I'm just feeling that tonight, you know, it's been a while, it's been a couple of weeks, that would just hit the spot. Uh, let's start with Kyle on the dish on KTSA at 210-599-5555. Happy Friday, Kyle. Happy Friday to you as well. What you got for us?
7: So I'm uh, over here at Long Tab Brewing. is uh, is a good spot. It's um, a bunch of uh, veteran Special Forces guys that open up this place. They got a they got a great menu and they they brew a lot of their own beers in house that support the uh, Green Brave Foundation and, and other veterans. So it's uh, it's a good cause and it's good food.
1: You said it's Long Tab Brewing Company. Correct. Is that right? Correct. And where Evers. where is that?
7: So it's uh it's on the street Timco, but it's close to uh, ten and Evers on that intersection over there. It's in that vicinity.
1: Oh okay. So four ten and Evers looks like it's forty seven hundred Timco. Right. And four ten and Evers. Uh, so what's that like? Is it a big place? A small place?
7: It's a small little place, so it's, like, tucked away, like, in an industrial area. And they took, like, two warehouses, and they modified it to, like, a dining area. And it's got Mm -hmm. a bar. It's got a real nice feel when you go in there. Everyone's super Mm -hmm. friendly. The service is phenomenal. And they got a – I know that you're looking for burgers, but they got a really good soft pretzel, too.
1: Oh, nice. Um, Long Tab Brewing Company. And they got a really cool website, too. It says that they do, you mentioned that, that they're veteran-owned. It says they also do a lot of, uh, I guess, a lot of fundraising and donating to right. veterans' causes. So that's they have a Challenge Coin Club uh, and other events. You can sign up for their flyers and get their events. So Long Tab Brewing Company, 4700 Timco, off the intersection of 410, and Evers. Kyle, great job. Thank you for letting us know about that place. First time call on the dish for Long Tab Brewing Company. That's how it works. Praise or zing. Any restaurant, any kind of food, any kind of price, anywhere in town or out of town, 210 599 5555. And uh, this looks very, very interesting. I really like to look at this website and what they're doing and how they're doing it. and I got to check this out. It says they have. Uh, Muscles Monday and Worst Wednesday. So, who knows what's happening tonight? O- only time will tell. 210 uh, 599 Speaking of veterans, speaking of the military, speaking of supporting it, don't forget we are in the midst of Operation Interdependence on KTSA. Operation Interdependence is a, a nonprofit that puts together care packages for the troops that are overseas. So, in faraway places where creature comforts that we take for granted, you know, stuff that we could just run down to CVS and pick up easily, stuff they don't get. And it's all kinds of things mints and gum and playing cards and uh, odor eater insoles and moisturizers. And uh, what Operation Interdependence does is put these care packages together for the soldiers. But what we ask you to do is donate the things that will go into the care packages. And we have a complete list of those when you go to ktsa.com and click on Operation Interdependence. And by the way, a real good tip if you have a lot of travel size or trial size stuff, like, you know, little soaps from hotels and stuff like that, perfect, perfect for these, these care packages that OI puts together. So you can see a list of what we need or make a financial donation. At KTSA.com, click on Operation Interdependence, presented by Kitchen Designs by Giovanni and in part by Institute for Functional Health, Southwest Mental Roofing Systems, Airtron, Window World, Specs, and River City Rock Tops, Praise or Zing, just like you would recommend a place to a friend or a coworker. Uh Any kind of food, any kind of price, 210-599-5555. And Alan is on the dish on KTSA. Alan, good afternoon.
8: Hey, how are you doing?
1: Good. What uh, is up?
8: I just drew a with Alamo, uh... Um, Alamo Cafe. Alamo Cafe? It
1: says on the screen here, it says Alamo Springs Cafe. Is that the name of Alamo
8: it? Alamo Springs Cafe. Yeah, It's over okay. out of Fredericksburg by, by that uh, bat tunnel.
1: Over by the bat uh, tunnel.
8: Yeah, there's a there's a state park there. It's a, it's an old railroad tunnel. Okay. And, uh, there's a, a gazillion bats that live in there. So, you know, they have tours and stuff where you can go watch the bats. Okay. Which is pretty. It
1: cool. uh, is, um, on the, on the website, it says one Oh seven Alamo road. Is there uh what like how would you get there? What would be the best way to get there that you can think of?
8: Man, I'm, it's been a long time since I've been there. I live in Rockport oh, okay. now, and I, uh-huh. I haven't been there in years. But uh, every, every time I went, it was fantastic.
1: Okay. Well, maybe people can just put that in their navigation, and, and hopefully it will give them a set of driving directions to find it. Sounds good. Yeah, it sounds, looks like a nice place. Alamo Springs Cafe, 107 Alamo Road in Fredericksburg. Alan remembers uh, it as a good place. There, a- yeah, yes. Yes.
8: If you're in the Rockport area, there's a steer burger between Rockport and Aransas Pass that is really, really, really good It's okay it's a trail, like a trailer you just
1: walk mm-hmm. up and,
8: and order and they have a little little building you know with tables inside, so you go up and order you walk over to the little building they bring your food and it's it's real, real
1: good, all right. Alan, have a great night and a great weekend. Thank you for the call. Thank you for uh, telling us about Alamo Springs Cafe, 107 Alamo Road, Fredericksburg. Um, 210-599-5555. You're on The Dish right now, and Debbie is on the radio. Happy Friday, Debbie.
6: Hey, happy Friday to you, and thank you for doing this. I always find good places to eat. So I was calling about another place, which I'll tell you about, but you said you were looking for burger places. So I recently was in an area, and I was looking for a good burger, like a good burger. And so I Googled where locals go eat, and I found R.D.'s Burgers. And they're located off Cibolo Valley, and it's right off 35 as you're heading Mm -hmm. toward New Braunfels. Um, And I I think the the guy took the address, but I can find it and give it to you again. Yeah, I've got it. It's really cool in there because I had not been before, and I like it because they have Pepsi products and they have Pepsi Zero because I don't like Diet Pepsi. But they have a board up that has their combo specials, and they have like a half-pound burger, a quarter-pound burger, a monster burger, and then they have something called the joggernaut burger, and I think it's a pound. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. each one of those you can get as a combo. Like the quarter-pound burger, I'm looking at their menu. It looks like the – The quarter-pound burger is $6.18, and it says burger, drinks, and fries. In addition to fries, you can get tater tots, and I love tater tots as long as they're not cooked soggy. So I just told them to double fry them. They were fabulous. They were hot and They were so good, and they Mm -hmm. have a picture up on their board. You know, somebody will get there and go, well, how big is a quarter pound or how big is a half Mm -hmm. pound? You know, how big is it? So they actually have a chalkboard up there that has little circles up there of how big that burger patty actually is. And they have a kid's menu that has hot dogs, chicken Mm -hmm. strips, Mm -hmm. grilled cheese, burgers, and all of those come with drinks and fries. Like uh, this says hot dog combos $4.99. Well, that's pretty Mm -hmm. cheap to feed your child. Uh, They have a lot of a lot of foods on their menu. They have chicken strips, they have BLT's. Mm -hmm. It was an excellent burger. It was one of those kind that you could tell they warmed the bun and the top was a little touch, a little shine on it because it Mm -hmm. had a, I mean you don't want greasy, but but it was really good Yeah, Well that's good, that's good. The people working in there were very nice. The food came quick, I stopped there during lunch, and you could tell they have a good regular lunch crowd because a lot of people were coming in. There were groups of people that would sit at big tables together, and they had that as an option. But it was a nice place; it was a, a clean place. I would recommend going there. Highly recommend it. All right, uh, very nicely done. Was, good
1: job. Was, good job, I was, Debbie. Yeah. I, pre- I, I okay. I, <laughs> I appreciate I it. Thank you. Me. No, it was great. You did a great job. RD's Burgers. Uh, 3929 Cibolo Valley drive in Cibolo. And, uh, she mentioned the juggernaut. That was the, when we had a call on this place in March of 2021, that was the the thing the caller mentioned. It's a pound, a one pound burger that the caller said is almost as big as an LP record and that uh, could feed more than one person. So, yeah, she was talking about the different sizes of burgers and they, they go way up there. RD's burgers, 3929 Cibolo Valley drive in Cibolo. Uh Wiederstein exit off thirty-five and go east. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five on the dish. John is next on the radio. John, happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you, sir. How are you?
5: Good. I want to call in a praise for Via Three One Three Pizza. Now, I was calling in originally for their Oak Hill South Austin location, but I got on their website and apparently San Antonio has two locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, eight Four three five Wurzbach and seven zero one zero West sixteen oh four, and it's really it's Chicago style pizza. You can get it thick or thin, mm. and they have hot honey. That it sounds weird, but you drizzle this hot honey on the pizza, and it's amazing. So
1: hot honey on pizza?
5: Yes, I know it's really uh, bizarre. And when my wife first brought it home the first time, I was like, uh, no. And then uh, we tried it, and I'm like, "Yeah, this works out real well." They oh. don't put it on there when they cook it; they just give right. you a packet. It's your choice, you okay? It. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: Wow, I might not have tried it, but because you said so, I might, I might have to give it a a shot. But boy, that. That does
3: sound a little, I'd give that does it a, sound shot. a little weird. Get a
5: pie. Yeah, give it get a pie and try it on a slice. If it doesn't work for you, if you got
1: the rest right. of the pie to eat. You got the rest of the pizza. There you go. Uh, Via 313, Detroit style pizza, two locations in San Antonio, 8345 Wurzbach. And 7010 West Loop 1604. And John was calling about the one in Austin, but we've got them here too. Thank you, John. I think, I think 313 is the area code in Detroit. I think that's why they call it that. But anyway, via 313, Detroit style pizza. And, and I don't know if I'm right about this, but it, it seems like this, this wording, Detroit style is kind of, Kind of become a a fad or a trend because I I think it's just Chicago style but maybe it's square or it's rectangular or something so yeah, it's was, it's a deeper right yeah yeah I was looking at That's the what menu it is, right, right? It's yeah kind, it's like a deeper dish pizza you
4: know yeah. I'm kind of down on the on the honey thing I think I think I may you have think to that try could work? that I think it could yeah. work but then yeah. again. And I'm going to say this I'm going to out- do what he
1: said though, only one piece. I'm going to say because, this
4: out loud because I like you know. pineapple on my pizza, and I know yeah, I know you do, I know I know that's you obscene do. We managed to, to work together anyway, but that is
1: <laughs> that's one of the, that is one of the most disturbing things I know about you. Um, so yeah, no I mean, I, I guess if you can put pineapple on there, you can put honey on there too. so
4: All in a quick.
1: The dish on a Friday night. We're talking restaurants. Any kind of restaurant around San Antonio, outside San Antonio. You've already heard us go to Cibolo and Rockport and Fredericksburg. and uh, So it can be any kind of food, any kind of price. It could be a chain. It could be a little place. It could be some gigantic... Whatever. 210-599-5555. You've eaten there. You want to praise it. You want to zing it. Make the call. 210-599-5555. The only rule is... Gotta have the complete correct name of the restaurant you're calling about. This half hour, in addition to your calls, we'll also have the results on today's River City Oral Surgery JR Poll question. So that's coming up. Um I don't know if I should even reveal this or not. You and I were just talking about this, Don. I have a list. This this will probably sound maudlin. I have a list of aging music stars. Did you know I had this? Did I ever told you this? No, this is this is new. Well, you know, like the other day we lost Tina Turner, and you got to kind of be ready for the people that are getting up there. And I'm not saying anything, and I'm not trying to sound again maudlin or gross, but so I I, I took out the list and I crossed off Tina Turner. You know who's at the top of the list? Willie Nelson. 89 years old, Don. Tina Turner was in second place. Right behind her, and now in second place, is Grace Slick from Jefferson Airplane. She's 83. Smokey Robinson, 82. Ringo Starr, 82. Bob Dylan, who just had a birthday the other day. So, again, we hope for long lives. These people go on a long time. But we just want to be ready so that we can do the proper, you know. You know how it is done. In the behind the scenes, you got to you got to be ready in order to get render the proper tribute. You've got to have the music ready, I've got to have the words ready. So we're just kind of keeping a but it's 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 staggering how many people we all grew up listening to and we take for granted that they've always been there, they'll always be there and they're getting up there. Like I, I guess I'm surprised. I don't know how this happened. Peter Cetera is 78. How did that happen? Lead singer of Chicago. So we got them all. We've got them lined up. Again, we hope they have many, many years left with us. I guess I better get to work.
5: I got a lot. Oh, your work
1: is. I'm looking. A lot your work of work is, ahead of me. Then your work <laughs> is cut out for you. I mean, who else are we not mentioning? <laughs> Like, who do you think of when I think of this or mention um, this? I'll tell you how old they are.
4: You mentioned Paul McCartney.
1: Paul McCartney's 80. Yeah. yeah. He's on here. Rod Stewart is 78. Uh, um, Boss Skaggs is 78. Yeah. Did you, you mentioned Elton John, is that correct? Elton John is on here. He's uh, a young 75.
8: That's up. Well.
1: yeah. As is Carlos Santana. Joe Walsh, Iggy Pop, all seventy-five. So we're just getting ready. That's all I'm saying. We're not wishing it, not hoping for it. But wow! I don't know how how this happened because I I'm not getting older at all. I, I'm you know you look the I same. you. But I'm not aging at all. No, I've I've looked this bad for a long time. Of course, I haven't anyway. seen you in a while, but uh... trust me, I look bad. <laughs> We're talking restaurants on The Dish. You can praise or zing your most recent restaurant experience. And let's go with Brian on The Dish. Happy Friday night, Brian.
9: Hey, Jack. Can you hear me okay?
1: I can hear you. What's up?
9: Hey, shout out to Elton John. We saw him in November when he was here. He was great. I I hope he goes a long time. Yeah. I was calling for Bombshells Restaurant here in San Antonio and the address I'm showing is 8410, Texas, is TX-151 on Google. Uh, we had lunch there earlier this week, and you were talking about burgers. And I know you don't like pineapple, but they have a Pearl Harbor burger. The their quality of the food was excellent. The place was clean. And it had jalapenos and pineapple with a sweet and spicy barbecue sauce on it. And it was excellent. Wow, I was I was very impressed. Uh, yeah, we had a couple other good. people. Yeah, I mean, I had to try it because mm-hmm. I like pineapple and I like mm-hmm. uh, jalapeno, but never did them together. Yeah, um, so oh, I, I like r- pineapple.
1: R- r- I just uh, the only thing I don't like it on is pizza. I like it on everything else. I, I just don't think it goes yep. on pizza. But I could. I've had it on burgers. It's awesome on a burger.
9: Have you had it with pineapple and uh, jalapeno? I mean, I just had to try it. It, it I could great. see those
1: I could see that going together really well. Yeah, that sounds like that would work. I'm going to do that. Uh 8410, yeah. Texas 151. What is it near? I can't picture where that is.
9: Um it's the old First Cafeteria, 151. You're coming down about to get on the 410. They're right there in front of Main Event. Chewy's is no, right there. No, Main
1: Event, okay. Yeah. All right. So you
9: just Main, gave me a, you basically. just gave me a dad landmark. You d- <laughs> yeah. It, well, Main Event is, does an excellent job. I can speak for the Kitchens themselves, yeah. both main event, yeah. main event and Bombshells, back of the house, excellent condition. And the food quality is great at both. But I was Very calling for good. Bombshells because I just ate yeah. there. Yeah,
1: well, it's like, I, I, I didn't even know about that place. I'm glad you told me about it. Bombshells, San Antonio, 8410, Texas, 151 near Main Event there where it meets up with 410. Good job, Brian. Have a great weekend, sir. Thank you for being Have on the doing. dish. Pre- you Bye-bye. too. Thank you, sir. Uh, 210-599-5555 is your ticket into the dish. We'll get to your calls to praise or zing your most recent San Antonio or South Texas restaurant experience. There was a, um thought this was really amazing, there was a story uh, out of Miami about a parking garage that charges to park there And the reason Miami is in the new, well, obviously, right, NBA Finals. $100 flat rate parking, but that includes charging your electric car. And they say that they've gone up on the 100 now with the NBA Finals coming, but this is their everyday price. Is Miami that expensive? I didn't really know that Miami was that expensive a city. It sounds like it's right up there. Yeah, parking garage, people are stunned. Uh, flat rate, you know, what do you usually expect to pay in, a p- pay in a parking garage? Maybe 30 bucks, 40 bucks, right? In a city, in a, in a big city I'm talking about. Yeah, $100 flat rate, including a charge of your EV. More now because the heat are in the finals. I don't think they'll be in the finals for long, the way it went last night. But anyhow... 210-599-5555 on The Dish, and we get next to Lee on the radio. Happy Friday, Lee.
4: Happy Friday to you. Calling in about Mary's Tacos out in Pelotus. Um Been going there for a while. Their breakfast tacos are fantastic. But I noticed this morning that they have recently opened up a drive-thru, and that's going to make it a lot more convenient wow. than stopping and going in and ordering. But they're – their breakfast tacos and tortillas are the best I've ever had.
1: Now, um, I'm looking here. Do they have more than one location? I see the one you're mentioning in, in Holotus. It's 13439 Bandera Road. Is there more than one Mary's Tacos, though?
4: I've been told they have one in Bernie also, but I haven't yeah. been to that one. But I understand it's just a just a real small hole-in-the-wall place, but the one in mm-hmm. Lotus is, is a bigger place.
1: It's a bigger one, I see. Okay. Yeah. And uh, is there one in particular you would recommend? Like, what's the one we should get the first time we go?
4: Oh, you need to get the Bubba and the Lola. Now, don't ask me what's in them, but it's really unique. (laughs) They name their tacos after their customers. Because I asked them the first time I went in there, and I Mm -hmm. said, why do these have names? And they said, well, these are... These are, when you go in there and place your order, they ask you for your name. And they said mm-hmm. these were kind of unique tacos, and so we just started serving them, and we put our customer's mm-hmm. name on them. And, uh, do do you
1: have they, one named after you?
4: No, no, it would be the fat boy, but not yet.
1: But, I mean, that could happen someday if you keep going there, or you're saying maybe eventually they'll like be, hey, we know you, you know, we're going to name a taco after you.
4: Well, especially since they opened the drive-thru, that's going to make it yeah. real dangerous
1: for me. They'll be seeing you a lot more, you know.
4: Okay. Yeah. I won't have to get out and walk. <laughs> All right.
1: Thirteen four thirty nine Bandera Road in Holodas for Mary's Tacos, our first call on the dish for that one. Never before. Thank you, Lee. Have a good weekend, sir. Mary's Tacos, thirteen four thirty nine Bandera Road. Try the Bubba and the Lola. Like the way you said, I don't even know what's in them. I just know they're good. That's the 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 faith behind that comment, you know? Love that. That's that's an advertisement right there. I don't even have to know what's in it.
2: Thank God it's.
6: And I found that the common values that unite us are deeper than our divisions. And um, I thought you might clap for that.
8: <laughs> oh.
1: Thank God it's All right on the JR poll powered by River City Oral Surgery do you leave work early on Fridays God our 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 listeners are not fooling around 74% said no 74% no I stay right through 26% yes New JR poll Monday. We get started at four. You can always find the JR poll powered by River City River City Oral Surgery uh, <laughs> over at KTSA.com. I'm not sure if I'm buying that, Jack. Have you been on four ten and people
4: right now that are driving on four ten are saying I, actually,
1: what? I think the question should have been do, do you go to work on Friday? Because yeah, I, I was out today and it looked like looked like everybody was out. Today looked like Saturday on the highways and byways. So yeah, you're probably right. That's probably the wrong question. Uh, 210-599-5555, we're talking restaurants. We've got Steve next on the radio. Happy Friday, Steve.
0: Hey, Jack. Uh, good uh, good Friday. Uh, I'm calling on, uh, I'm going to probably butcher this name, but Tolaco Mexican Restaurant. And it's uh, on San Pedro, 6702 San Pedro.
1: It's like a yeah, that's how I would say it. I don't know if there's another way to say it. I don't know what it would be. It's T-L-A-H-C-O.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, yeah that's what, that's the way I'm going with it. Um, uh, the second time eating there, and the food's good. It's uh, like a traditional, probably uh, interior Mexico-type restaurant. Um, instead of serving, like, salsa and chips, they have a homemade bean and chorizo bean dip they bring out. It's phenomenal with fresh chips. And, um, I had the huevos rancheros and mm-hmm. they make it, they make like a two thin tort two, two thin tor, corn tortillas, uh, into a, uh, quesadilla with cheese inside. Then they mm-hmm. lay the eggs on top of that with the ranchero mm-hmm. sauce and sliced avocado, wow. uh, beans are excellent. Uh, uh, Mexican papas, uh, you know, rolled into a, uh, a salsa and, um, uh, Really good. Uh, it was good. I was uh, looking for some place to eat. I saw a sign for Full Bellies there on McCullough. I went there, and uh, they're not open yet. So I ended up just going to San Pedro and mm-hmm. and going there. But I would highly recommend it. It's uh, it's it's very good, reasonably
1: yeah. priced. Like I'm glad you you know I have I have seen that place. It's 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 on San Pedro, you know, kind of huh? between like Oblate and and Jackson Keller, right?
0: Exactly. It's in the old Tommy's restaurant that used to be there. Tommy's okay. moved down to Grady. They
1: moved, right.
0: And so they moved in there. So uh, really good. It's worth a
9: stop.
1: Yeah. Tlaco Mexican Kitchen, T-L-A-H-C-O. If there's a better pronunciation, uh, both Steve and I would love to learn it, and we promise to practice it. But for now, that's what we're going with. Uh, I appreciate you, Steve. Thank you for the call, sir. Good job. Praise for Tlaco Mexican Kitchen, 6702 San Pedro. Yeah, I have seen that, and I will try that out. Um And we got one here. This is one off of uh, Facebook Messenger, Grant, uh singing the praises of Fat Boy, Burgers and Dogs. I, I hope that's not a reference to me. I hope that's just coincidental. Fat Boy with two Ts, by the way. Fat Boy, Burgers and Dogs, 2345 Vance Jackson, he says, um, "Hand-cut fries, amazing onion rings, awesome burgers." Uh, he loves the chicken sandwiches. A lot of good things. Fat boys, burgers and dog, or fat boy. No, a pot, just one of them. You know, you don't need more than one. Fat boy burgers and dogs on the dish. Hey, remember we had? Um, remember the story a few weeks ago, or maybe it was more about the um, cocaine bear. You remember that? Now I'm I'm seeing a story about uh, cocaine crabs. Um, (laughs) It's a movie, cocaine crabs from outer space. Remember when we were talking about movie theaters and, and was the key to make the seats wider and more comfortable and have gourmet food, or was the key to have better movies? I, here, I think here's your answer, you know? Like, really? What is it all of a sudden with cocaine and animals? I'm so old, I remember when, when we were the only animals. Not we, you, and me, but I mean Humans were the ones using cocaine. Cocaine crabs from outer space, has sequel written all over it. And there's always a good selfie story in the news. I loved this one. I mean, I don't love it, I I love the irony of it. A government official in India has been fired for a selfie. What happened was, he's a food inspector in a province in India. He took a selfie on a dam in central India, and then dropped his phone into the reservoir. He ordered the dam to be drained in order to retrieve his phone. Two million liters of water, it took several days. Disrupted farmland and people's lives to retrieve his phone so he could have his selfie which probably didn't even work. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here live Monday at 4.